You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, welcome back to TFL Talking Trucks Podcast. That's right. I'm Roman, and that's Tommy. No, we're not. Okay, but we are still part of the TFL Truck team. Indeed we are, and we have a really fun topic today, guys, so I want you to tune in, but before we get to that topic, we should talk about our Patreon. Yes, we want to thank uh, your support, uh, you guys, our supporters, our mm-hmm. listeners, our viewers. Of course, the topic for this uh, episode is trends in trucks. Very specifically, you know, are we going on a good path or the not so good path in trucks? So uh, this is kind of a 50-50 thing. And instead of us going all good and all bad or all bad and all good, we're going to go back and forth, I think. Yeah, we're going to mix it up a little. Oh, yeah, we're mixing it up. We're but rebels. before that, um, if you go to patreon.com slash TFLcar, which mm-hmm. is our only Patreon page, um, we have a lot of supporters. I want to thank a few of them. Paolo Maraziti, I wanted to say Maserati. No, <laughs> Maraziti um, is supporting us. Uh, BB, mm-hmm. just two Bs. Thank okay. you. Uh, Lester Marlett and Thomas Patrick. Guys, thank you very much for your support. Without your support, we really could not be doing what we're doing today. So. Once again, thank you. Yes, and it seems like a $2 a month or a $5 don- uh, donation a month is nothing. Mm. But as soon as we have hundreds of you, it means a lot. Or thousands. And, and, or thousands of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, we have a tfl-studios.com. Mm-hmm. tfl-studios.com is where you can actually see all of, everything we're doing. Because we have seven channels, you know, podcasts, four websites. But it's all in one place. That's right. And you can just pop it onto your phone, and that way you pop, you know, put your little finger on it, open it up, and you'll be able to see everything we're doing on all the different. <laughs> we have way too many. It's all automotive. All, all, yeah, all of our all of our stuff. So I do recommend it. I have it on mine. I can't keep up with what we're doing, so I, I doubt many of you can. So <laughs> it's a really good way to keep up on what TFL Studios is producing. Yes. So I want to do this. I want to calm down. The top five good trends in mm-hmm. trucks, and also the top five bad trends in trucks, 
And of course, here at TFL Truck, we are we are driving all kinds of new pickup trucks and yeah. of course cars, but that, but we're focused on trucks right now. Um, so we are we get the preview of it, early preview of everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. So how about we start with the good? Before we do, can I make a comment about, yeah. uh, for those of you who are listening, you won't be able to see this, but behind Andre, he put up a graphic showing a off-road pyramid. And we covered that in the last broadcast, I believe. Yes. And I highly recommend it. I think it's a really good way to suss out how the pyramid of from the least capable to the most capable off-road half-ton pickups goes. And he's the one who put it together. I think it was an excellent job. And he brought it back out today. Yes, I w- I'm very proud of this. Uh, our editor, Matt Culp, helped me build this. Matt's my um, bro. So it's also a video on TFL Talk. So. Uh-huh. And I want to use some of this today because we're talking about trucks. Right. And this is a big part of it. That's so right. So what's the first good trend? Okay. Well, I think it's pretty simple. And I know a lot of you guys are going to agree with me on this one. More power. Yes. And recently, we had many examples of this, right? Oh, man. So GM came out and they said, you know, by the way, we've updated our 2.7 liter turbo gas engine for Silverado trucks. And we gave it more torque. That thing puts out 400, 420 pound, foot pounds of torque, right? Yes. Now, that is better or more than the Hemi 5.7 liter V8 as an example. So a lot of other companies are doing this as well, including not just diesels and half-ton trucks, and there's quite a few that put out a ton of torque, including, once again, General Motors and, um, well, Ford just has continued theirs, yeah. but we'll get to that in a minute. But um, the other part of that is you also have crazy boosting. You have turbocharging and supercharging available in different trucks, and their numbers are astonishing. Yeah, so if we were doing this show like a year ago, uh, we probably would not have talked about the 702 horsepower TRX, which just came out (laughs) right within the last year. Uh, That's a supercharged V8. Right. Uh, That's a perfect example. (laughs) I mean, you're stuffing the most powerful V8 engine that a company like Stellantis basically has and putting it into a ramp truck and making a, an amazing halo vehicle. Yeah, it's, I like to call it the Lamborghini of pickup trucks. Now you might be wondering about the um, Raptor. Yeah, that thing is a monster as well, and it's a twin turbocharged V6. And before the TRX came along, not only was it one of the fastest vehicles that I had driven on our track, but it was definitely one of the most powerful off-road vehicles I'd ever driven. So that kind of gives you a point of view right there. So lots of power now. And also we have uh, new powertrains, and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, this later. Right. Uh, But we have hybrid powertrains. That's right. Turbocharged powertrains Mm -hmm. coming out. Eventual electrification. It's not quite here yet, but so it's kind of an early to talk about that trend and what's happening there. But power, power, power. Uh, The engines are getting more powerful, more torquey. Um, more speeds in the transmission, right? Uh, most people are using 10 speeds now. Right. 10-speed well, automatics. That kind of leads to the bad part. Yeah, what's the bad trend? No more manuals. Or, well, I'm sorry. Manuals are disappearing. Manual transmissions are disappearing. We just recently got our pause on a new Nissan Frontier. It doesn't have a manual transmission anymore. Not, not anymore. So right now, the only two trucks, now this is uh, half tons, this is heavy duties, this is everything out there. Only two trucks have a manual transmission, and that is the Jeep Gladiator and the Toyota Tacoma. And I know the numbers are pretty damn low in terms of how many people buy them. It's like 2 or 3%. So we may not see those transmissions around for much longer. 
Well, I think uh, I know why Toyota and Jeep are kind of hanging on here still, because I think they're focused more on recreation, right? And you, we're talking about enthusiasts. Yeah. And of course, we're enthusiasts, but not everybody is. <laughs> but uh, if you want to be connected to the vehicle, right, be right there with it, um, know exactly what gear you're in all, with, all the time. Uh, manual transmission is, of course, really good. Uh, why is it a bad trend? But I, I think nostalgia. You know, that's kind of where simplicity, right? Simplicity, repairability, and longevity, I mean, are big parts of it. Usually they're lighter as well. Um, but my point has always been, I find manual, I, I'm really sad that I didn't get a manual with the most recent vehicle I purchased. I tried, but I love having a little bit of fun. And I think that a manual transmission is a lot more fun, especially when you're like on dirt roads or hitting the desert. Yeah, I know that off-roading, Automatics make a lot more sense, but with light off-roading and especially like bounding around in the snow and just being a hooligan and having some fun. And for some people who really know how to drive one, honestly, I think they're still faster than their automatic equivalents when it comes to off-roading in some cases. I just think that they're a blast, right? And now there's two vehicles left, and I agree with you. I think they're catering to people who really enjoyed the past having those manual transmissions. And also a lot of cases, if you're talking about Mm -hmm. off-roading, the manual transmission often offered really good crawl ratios. Well, yeah. Uh, First gear, low range, you know, boom. This is a crazy first gear that's both, uh, Jeep has a really good one, and Ford in the well, Ford Bronco, the yeah. New one. yeah. Now, you know, the rumor is that maybe the next uh, Ranger might have that seven speed manual transmission. I'm not going to hold my breath, but it would be an awesome, awesome thing to do. Yeah, but we're seeing less and less. So, heavy duty trucks, no longer any manuals. None. This is where the manuals were dominant. 20, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. It's uh, because it was kind of durable, right? Everybody, uh, heavy trucks, manual transmissions, uh, now they're gone. Completely. Well, they were cheap and simple is the way to put it, you know, especially once you figured them out. In case, I'm sure would talk about it for an hour. Uh, one other thing about the manual transmissions and them going away, it's also in cars. Um, they're, they're just disappearing, and it's a shame. But unfortunately, a lot of people out there just don't like to stir their own coffee. Um, let's move on to the next one because this was making me sad. Yeah, uh, the next bad one or the next good one? Next good one. So we're going back and well, forth. Why, why is it making you sad? What's the next? No, 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 no. The, the manual transmission thing was Oh, yeah, sad. yeah. Okay. I okay, yeah. Um, but this makes me kind of happy because I'm getting old. I am officially an old man. I'm actually getting letters from the AARP, which is scaring oh, me. No. I do not like that. Um, more comfort. More comfort <laughs> in trucks. And you know what? I didn't care about comfort until I owned my Samurai, and then I, I had my kidneys switched, bouncing around on the thing. And, I, you know, then I start riding in these other trucks, and they just start getting so comfortable and so quiet. Remember, we recently drove in the, the new Nissan Frontier, and that thing was like a vault. It was solid. It was quiet. It rode beautifully. And mm. I think that, that it's been a trend for a while, but now you're seeing it kind of filtered down to less expensive trucks and it's covering almost all bases now yeah and the next generations of trucks that are coming out like you said the frontier yep. some others uh ford f-150 recently the new generation we have much better interior yeah, yeah the latest update on the silverado is coming mm-hmm. uh comfort is huge and i think uh partially i mean it's because the pickup truck is becoming the family vehicle right right so and it has been for years this is nothing new uh but but finally those all those refinements uh, are actually coming 
to most of us because even the most uh, available, s- simple frontier will have that kind of quality built into it. Right. And what's been happening, and I think it started, I, I'm going to say that RAM was the first to really do it. RAM came out with some outstanding design, uh, beautifully designed, I should say, uh, interiors uh, with just interesting details, intricate, very similar to a luxury car. And they were leaps and bounds ahead of anything else that was out there, right? I mean, they were way ahead of the game. And now everybody else is playing catch-up, and they are doing a very good job. Um, we, you, re- you recently saw the new uh, Chevy Silverado interior, and you told yeah. me it was fantastic. It was, the ZR2, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I crawled around the uh, Silverado ZR2, the new truck. Right. I haven't driven it yet, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the interior just it felt nice. But I'm not just talking about like nice materials, right? Right. Um, it has to do with everything, you know, laminated glass, uh, door seals. Better ride. Suspension, better ride. Right, right. So all those things combined in one in one thing. I, once again, I was really impressed with that uh, Nissan front. And it was it was a Pro 4X. Yeah, um, you know, those are a little bit more uh, off-roady, so they have a floatier um, suspension. Mm-hmm. But, man, it was so quiet and it was so comfortable. And everybody else is moving in that direction. So, yes, there are some really, I, I think, positive things moving for families especially. And I think trucks. you'll see this continue. Yes. I think when the new trucks get redesigned, maybe in a couple of years we'll see in the next Tacoma generation, mm-hmm. uh, it should be, I'm expecting it to be more comfortable. Uh, they, they have to be now. It has to be because the competition is doing it, right? Right. And the next, you know, you name it. Even the Titan has a very comfortable and nice ride. Yeah, it's, it's improved quite a bit. So now, I mean, you know, you're seeing these changes and also more themes. You're seeing not just, you know, a little bit of trim and maybe some different stitching. You're seeing the entire interior changing and really fitting a theme that's Western or urban or something like that. And they're really pushing hard, all of them, to make their vehicles look a little bit more unique on the inside. Yeah, true. So what's the next bad trend? (sighs) So this has been happening kind of on and off for a while. And it's it's noticeable now, and that's death of the diesel. Okay, wait, wait, wait slow, slow down. So the, here's what we mean: we're not saying the heavy duty truck no. diesels are going away. Not no. anytime soon. Majority of three quarter ton, one ton trucks. Uh, we're talking about like F two fifty, Silverado twenty five hundred, Ram twenty five hundred, and most of the thirty five hundred, and GMCs, and on and on and on. Right. Majority of those trucks are sold with diesels, mm-hmm. and there's a great reason for that. It's because torque, mm-hmm. capability, you know, towing, hauling, and fuel efficiency while you're towing and hauling. Right. Great. We're not talking about that. What we are talking about is the trend when smaller vehicles. We're talking about midsize and half-ton full-size trucks. Ford recently discontinued their three-liter Power Stroke V6. Yep. This is a diesel that they've had on the market for a couple of years. Came from the Land Rover uh, days as yep. well. Uh, that's no longer there. And Ford, you know, is a, one of the most popular, you know, manufacturers. Of oh, the, the F-150 has been a bestseller for centuries, it seems. <laughs> one of the points I want to make is that you are one of the reasons why they had to stop it. What? Yep, it's your fault. How is this my fault? Because you bought a Ford F-150 hybrid. And yes. And the efficiency and power numbers from that hybrid are very impressive. I think Ford really did a hell of a job on that. And... As you know, if you look at it, and then you look at what they were building with the uh, 
diesel, that diesel wasn't as competitive as Ford normally is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, look at General Motors diesel. It that's a fantastic straight six for for the half ton that is, mm-hmm. and the V six that uh, diesel that's in the um, you know Jeep and uh, and Ram. Ram yeah. uh, it's decent, um, and they it's they've been improving it over the years and making it more reliable and more efficient and all that. I just see Ford looking at their diesel, seeing that the sales are not that good, seeing that its performance kind of was under everybody else's, and thought, hmm, well, we have this we hybrid. Have the hybrid, which right. has a lot of torque. It has a ton of torque and more a, torque more than usability, than the yeah. and let's just build this. And I think that they may have made the right call, as much as I hate to say it, but there's more. Yes. So there's rumor that, for example, Chevy Colorado GMC right. Canyon, there's a rumor. Well, first of all, we know that they're redesigning these trucks. Yep. Uh, recently, we showed you prototype images on TFL truck. Uh, once again, thanks to you guys, because one of you guys on the highway sent us a picture. That's right. Uh, please don't take pictures while driving. Uh, Make sure re- your passenger yeah, takes that we, picture. We, we, we don't recommend that. No. Uh, but we know the new generation of those midsize trucks is coming. The mm-hmm. latest rumor says that they'll simplify their engine choices to that's the scary part 2.7 liter turbo gas Mm -hmm. so the older diesel to 2.8 liter duramax may be on its way out that's Mm -hmm. a very very strong information not officially confirmed no it's not officially confirmed Um, but it sounds like it's gonna happen and then maybe the v6 gas is also going away there yeah i'm pretty sure they're gonna ditch that well because it's an older design and right etc etc uh jeep may retain their diesel for a while ram may keep their diesel for a while gm is kind of doubling down on diesel but still we're seeing at least i'm seeing this trend where it's paring down so it's Mm -hmm. not as highly emphasized so you don't have the choice of a gazillion engines uh i mean well you saw that ford got rid of theirs but they still ford has a million other engines to offer now there is something to be said about stellantis yes they officially said that they want to move to electrification they want to lower their carbon footprint this is official Mm -hmm. and that they are moving to electrification right now and that includes the electric ram people have already heard about the announcement but you know they said they said 2024 right but there's more now what powertrain can they use that's not diesel that'll give them higher efficiency they already have it and it's right now in the Jeep Wrangler, and that's the 4xe powertrain. And we've proven that it's very capable, and it can be very efficient. So why is that the only powertrain being used by one vehicle as opposed to sharing the wealth and going to the Gladiator and possibly to the Ram? It's a rumor, but it's a very popular rumor that that will be happening soon which makes complete sense, which means they might be paring down and possibly getting rid of their three-liter uh, eco-diesel, right? Right, right, right. So so I think this trend will continue. Maybe mm-hmm. we're on the early, uh, you know, kind of stage of this. Right. Um, and let us know what you guys think in the please, comments. Please do, because um, maybe you guys have heard something. Are you, are you guys very upset by this? Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I'm not super upset uh, for a couple of reasons. Okay. So currently the diesel engines they're very regulated, right? Yeah. So you have your DPF, diesel particulate filter systems, you have your DEF, diesel exhaust fluids, you have your regeneration modes. 
It's very costly equipment. Uh, that's why the diesel engines are costing more, right? And they're also costing a lot just to service. And to service and maybe repair. Yeah. So those are kind of uh, not so good things. Mm-hmm. The torque is great. Oh, yeah. But now we're seeing these hybrids like from Jeep and Ford where they're very, very torquey using electric motors to help. Right. right? And, and they're more efficient, right? Yeah, and they're more efficient. And, and yes, they're also complex, mm-hmm. but maybe not to the extent of the diesel particulate, you know, exhaust um, systems, basically. And that may be the direction that other people are moving in the near future. I wanted to say one thing real quick about the um, Chevy Colorado and also GMC Canyon and their uh, diesel, which I love. I I thought that that was such a fun combination to put that onto the Bison and to the, um, whatchamacallit, the ZR2. Because that extra torque, you just let your foot off the accelerator and you will climb almost anything just humming along very slowly. That's awesome. And it was pretty efficient. But you know what? Mm. Um, It wasn't as efficient as I thought it would be. And it's very heavy, even though it's a four-cylinder. Our friend Emmy Hall raced one of those. And she said that the weight in the front end was really noticeable going over the dunes. And she's a professional. That's where it matters the most. Exactly. And she's a professional racer. And she took me aside. She said, you know, it it does a lot of things good. But she, at that time, preferred the V6. So there are reasons why if it did disappear, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. But the other side of it is, once they get rid of it, I don't think they're bringing back any other diesels that they have overseas, right? Yeah. So I think the heavy-duty trucks will maintain diesel engines for years to come. I agree. There's new news that they're actually boosting their power Mm -hmm. and torque. Uh, we have it on TFL Truck with the latest Duramax. But how about we move on to number three? Which is a good trend. Which is part of this, and that is more MPG. Better efficiency and, I should add to that, by the way, cleaner engines. Yes, and also uh, this has to do with electrification in a way. That is true. Uh, we already mentioned this, of course, hybrids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different world with electric EV, you know, fully electric uh, pickup trucks. Uh, just very recently, Rivian has rolled off the first production R1T. Finally. Uh, off of their line. Mm-hmm. Um, we still haven't seen it in the fleet. I don't know who bought that, or whether it went internally somewhere, or if actually a cu- an external customer actually picked up that truck and is now driving it. If you do, you know, let us know. Let us think. know if you know who it is. We're going to hunt them down and <laughs> ask them and beg them to let us try that truck out. Um, it's it's there's a lot of fanfare, but it's an unusual company because they were really nice to us at first. And now we have heard nothing. Well, I, I, I guess maybe they don't need any other publicity. I mean, maybe they're happy. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But more MPG is across the board. Yep. Um, so I wanted to um, recently, I've been driving my F-150 hybrid, uh, hybrid yeah. a little bit more uh, back and forth commuting to work. And I noticed this, and I wanted to mention this uh, on this episode. Um, when I'm taking the highway route, because I have a choice, mm-hmm. I can take the highways mostly, which I'm talking about like 60 to 70 miles an hour sometimes mm-hmm. uh, using a tollway road, or I can take side streets. And I'm only losing about five to 10 minutes, you know, depending on which route. But uh, taking the side street road, which averages about 35 to 40 miles per hour, given all the traffic lights, I am mm-hmm. getting, according to the computer on my truck, Upwards of 27 mpg. That's a, that's a full-size truck with four-wheel drive. And it's a heavy truck, too. It weighs about 5,700 pounds. It's, it's a crew cab, four-wheel drive, like you said. Um, and I think what's happening when I'm coasting and stopping, it's, it's doing regen, right? right? So it's regaining some energy. It's using electricity. And 
Um, because of this, it's quite, quite efficient. On the highway at high speeds, 75, you mm -hmm. know, on the tollway, the efficiency drops because it is still a truck that looks like a brick. Right, basically. and you're just pounding away on the uh, on the engine. Yeah, and the efficiency drops, I want to say, to like 21, 22. That's still really good. Though, uh, for still good, but this is the trend. Efficiency is improving in every truck mm -hmm. because uh, more advanced transmissions, right? Weight savings, yep. uh, hybrid powertrains. Uh, and this is a good trend. It will continue. And a lot of automakers are starting to seriously look, and they've been doing this for a while, but aerodynamics are becoming more and more important with trucks. And recently, General Motors introduced a new grill, which they say saves on some efficiency. What do they call it? The blow-through grill? Or? <laughs> the flow tie? Flow tie. That was it. Flow I don't tie. Know, it's a weird name. But, but it's it, basically it, their logo that's see-through. Right. And, yeah. and it, but it's an open design, and it allows, obviously, better cooling, according to them. But also, they're keeping in mind a lot of aerodynamic effects. So these trucks, which all are you know, very blocky-looking, they still are working really hard to find ways to cheat wind, which is one of the reasons why you see a lot of big chin spoilers, which probably should have been on this list. But um, Well, it's part it's, of it. Um, mm -hmm. And also um, part of this efficiency uh, trend is retractable chins. Yep, that's so a new thing. I, w I wish I had that. I, I wish I had the retractable chin. <laughs> oh, man, chin. you're talking to the king of chins in the, in the uh, TFL. Um, another thing to think about is that these trucks, unfortunately, um, you know, you can only spread the wealth so much, but these new little trucks that are coming out, they're finding new ways of becoming more efficient as well, usually with transmissions and modifying their um, mapping with their powertrain in general. All of the, these trucks so far, with only a few exceptions, have become more efficient while still maintaining good power. Yeah, and this is a trend that will continue. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm betting um, a lot of manufacturers, though, um, well, it, well, it's direct savings to the consumer because you're using less fuel. So in theory, you're paying less. Some of these engines are premium, so sometimes they use premium fuel. Does yours? Um, it recommends it. So I, I often use premium fuel in mine. My, it's because it's cost a fortune right well, now. But I'm babying it. Uh, yeah, and I'm also getting 27 MPG once in a while. Which is ridiculous. So, so it's good and bad, right? Do you, do you realize that's like the same fuel economy as my wife's Mini? Her, her, seriously, her Mini Cooper is around that uh, with combined. It's it. absurd. It's absurd. It's absurd. <laughs> uh, and anyway, in that hybrid, of course, it's rated at 24, you know, mm. when, when you take everything and average right. it out. Anyway, so this is going to continue. But, but what's the negative? Well, see, that kind of leads into the negative. You were talking about, you know, saving money and everything else. Well, there's a focus on premium models. Am I correct? Yes. Uh, this, this is not a good trend. Bad, no. bad, bad, bad. This, this sucks because it, 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 every, all boats have to be lifted as the tide goes up, and that's part of this. And what you're looking at are top-end prices on these trucks going through the roof. Yeah, but it also has to do with packaging. And mm -hmm. now all manufacturers are getting very, very clever. So if you need the sunroof, you will have to buy something else. The sand and surf package or some. You know, whatever. Sun yes. Surf. So, you, you know, you might get leather seats because you got a sunroof. And I'm like, I didn't want leather seats. I just wanted a sunroof. So this is happening. Yep. Also, a lot of mid-grade trucks that used to be mid-grade, meaning they're pretty affordable, right? Right. Uh, are now are almost outside of most people's reach. And specifically, I am looking at Ford. For example, the Lariat package that is a mid-grade, technically. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. there was XL, XLT, Lariat, and more above it. Yeah. But now, they're, you know, they're having premium Lariat packages. 
you know, fancy, you know, exterior tram. And now the price is going through the roof, basically, on a lot of these. I agree with you 100%. I've noticed that also with Stellantis, what they're doing with Ram, uh, there are a lot of like subcategories and special trims and everything else. And, you know, when you look at the price at first, they show sort of that model without any other options. But you might want some other options. And sometimes they're being clever about leaving them off. And it sucks. And it's actually all automakers do this in one way yeah. or another. No, it's not just Ford or yeah. Ram. Yeah, I'm all you know. because I recently was looking at Ram and I noticed that. Mm-hmm. And, and Ford also has, you know, 2B and 3, 6 or whatever, you know, all these special extra packages. Yeah. And it makes these vehicles so expensive. You guys are spending so much money on mid-level trucks, not just the top-end ones. Yeah, and... Uh, so what I would like to see instead, uh, maybe a little bit more emphasis, uh, maybe build, a, uh, for example, a work truck mm-hmm. like an XL or a WT, like a work truck Chevy with like LED lights. Can you imagine like a working person, a commercial fleet operator or owner, or a small business owner, they're getting something simple, affordable, mm-hmm. but they drive at night a lot, for example, for deliveries. Right. They want great lighting package. They, Why don't you just give it them separately? I agree. I agree. And I wish they would put these into some really affordable packages and, and call them, you know, the working man's whatever. I don't care what you call it, but just make it happen. You know, LED lights with a fleet of trucks would actually save you a couple bucks on fuel. You know that, Yeah, right? they're very efficient. Extremely you know, efficient. Yeah. yeah. I, so, it, it, it makes you wonder, right? Because nowadays they're not as expensive to produce because they've been already built in bulk. So I don't know. It's something that I really wish they would do. I agree with you. But there, there's, there's good news. What's the good news? Uh, Compact pickup trucks. Yes. So as half-tons and mid-sizers are you know, increasing in price in a lot of ways, right. there's room underneath which is why the resurgence, I think, of compact pickups. Let's not call them full trucks. No, Let's no, I, I just call them pickups. I call, I actually call them like crossover pickups and stuff like that. By the way, this is number two, and this is on our good part of our list. And I really do think it's good because right now, well, soon, there'll be three of these vehicles and possibly more within the next couple of years. And I think that's great news. Yeah, we're talking about the uh, Hyundai Santa Cruz, mm-hmm. which is on sale right now. Right. So they sold, I think, uh, they started in August in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. you know, actually selling and delivering trucks. Right. I think they sold like 1,200 trucks already in August. And now, of course, more, are co- more are coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Maverick is not quite on sale yet, the Ford Maverick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it will... Um, imminently will be on sale. And there's a lot of people who want to put money down or have put money down on that. They're very excited. Yeah, and um, these are more affordable pickups. Mm-hmm. The Maverick starts at around $20,000, maybe twenty one after destination, right? Right. Um, and then the the Santa Cruz starts with about twenty four, twenty five ish Right. They're very different vehicles, those yeah. two, by the way. And, and I've really begun to learn that. By the way, the Maverick that he's talking about that comes in around twenty one. that Maverick comes with a hybrid powertrain. Now, technically speaking, if you were to buy the very base model, which probably would be really hard to do, but if you did, it would be one of the least expensive hybrids you can purchase. And at the same time, this thing will be an extraordinarily efficient daily driver. I mean, think about it. Uh, You're getting up to 40 miles per gallon combined on this thing. That's insane. And you'd be able, I mean, the parts warehouses are going to love this little thing. 
And then there's more. There's another uh, vehicle that's already out there, and that's the Honda Ridgeline, which sort of kind of competes with mid-sized trucks, but not exactly. I think it's it's sort of a in between these two little guys and mid-sized trucks. And I think uh, other manufacturers like GM and probably Stellantis are looking at this very closely. Oh, very seriously yeah. looking at this uh, because they uh, they're all global companies, right? They have offerings in other parts of the world mm-hmm. that kind of play in this area. The right. They they build utes in other countries yeah. or small pickups, and they're mostly car based. That's the whole thing about these. They might have a little subframe in the back or something like uh, the Ridgeline does. Um, and they're, st- they're beefed up so they can actually take a little bit of abuse. And they're, obviously, they're much smaller than all these other trucks. But I think that uh, these little crossover pickups are a hell of a good idea for people who don't need that type of capability but really want the efficiency and easy driving, you know, day-to-day capability of a regular car. And that's exactly where they sit. Absolutely. And it's comfortable. It's more affordable. You said it's more efficient. Mm-hmm. So you're not spending a lot of fuel. Well, that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. So so it's it's good all the way around. And it might actually make the other segments of pickup trucks a little bit more competitive. Yeah, I think right? it will. And then also add to that that the Ford, Hyundai, Honda, and soon others are creating this new segment here in the States that will sort of introduce people to pickups. And hopefully, they'll, you know, for them, they'll move on to the larger ones. This might lead to you know, a Ford person eventually buying a Ranger because they want to tow more, or even an F-150. So this, I think, is really good for the whole brand. Yeah, and the industry in general. Yeah, yeah I agree. So what's the uh, flip side? What's yeah. the negative trend? So this is one where capability is up, but not always. And also, I'm going to add to that, and it's a little deceptive. Yeah, and uh, so first of all, let's hit the uh, the positive side of right. this. Right, capabilities are going up. So, especially if you look at heavy duty trucks, there's a war going on. The right? towing numbers are insane. Um, the yeah. torque numbers are nuts. The torque numbers, the uh, capability for payload and mm-hmm. towing, maximum towing. Now it's in the thirty-seven thousand uh, pound, you know, level, and. Same thing with you know um, full size trucks, mid size trucks. Everybody wants that little, you know, little edge. You know, offering a little bit more. But th- what they print on the big marquees and billboards is often not the truck that you're buying. You gave me a really good example uh, when you were talking about an email you recently received. And so ex- explain that to everybody and what we're talking about. I think it's a really simple way of saying. Yeah, it. viewers recently sent a note in. Um, using ask at tfltruck.com, mm-hmm. uh, which is our alias for right. questions. And they said, tw- for 2022, GM just announced that their Silverado 3-liter diesel is now can tow up to 13,300 pounds. Which is nuts. but Yeah. So basically, they increased it by over 4,000 pounds from where it was before. Yeah. First of all, there was a question, how? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll touch on this. Yep. And then also... It's like, I'm going to trade in my current diesel. I'm going to buy the new one. I'm going to buy a gigantic, ginormous RV trailer, and I'm going to tow it straight up. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> one of the things that a lot of uh, automakers, actually all of them as far as I'm concerned, are not telling you guys is even though they're able to increase that number in terms of towing, it doesn't quite equate to doing it safely, um, especially when you're talking about payload. You have to look at your payload when you're looking at towing, and that's where things start to fall apart. 
Yeah, and it's also about the truck you're buying. So if you are hearing that, you know, big number, 13,000, et cetera. We're not saying, you know, so GM has tested it. Mm -hmm. Uh, What they've done is they were able to fit the different radiator on the truck. Mm -hmm. It's part of their max towing package. It includes a different rear differential uh, ratio. A lot of things they did to allow for this. Two-wheel drive, right? Yeah, but it's a two-wheel drive truck. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of folks buy two-wheel drive trucks. I mean, they're out there, but people in Colorado here, you know, in the snow belt, we love our 4x4s. Yes, we do. So as soon as you buy that, your capability comes down. Right. Right. Then you buy a sunroof, let's say, or another leather seat, heated cooled seats. Uh, you're buying a heated steering wheel. All that adds weight. All of a sudden, your payload goes down. Right. So now, uh, the truck that was advertised to have you know, 18, 000, eight, or 1,800 pounds of payload is now only like a 1,200 pounds. Mm-hmm. So which means you and I plus a little trailer, that's basically it. Yep. Suddenly, you are no longer able to tow that 13,300-pound trailer. And you have to understand that, once again, they're talking about a single trim or one type of setup, I should say. And on top of that, if you put anything in your truck, like human beings and some cargo, that's going to drop significantly. And that's something people have to keep in mind, and that's something they don't mention. And it doesn't, the numbers don't quite jive when it comes to payload versus towing as well. Yeah, so why, so why is this a bad trend? So I, I would say it's, I understand why every manufacturer does this. Yeah. You know, they're advertising their maximum capability, mm-hmm. but I think there needs to be a little bit more transparency. I agree. GM has started this. You know, every truck has a sticker in the door that says specifically not just what the payload is, but also uh, all the towing ratings are right there for you to see. That's good. And a lot of the time, there are pretty good ratings. You know, they're not actually taking away capability mm-hmm. uh, when, they're th- when they're building luxury trucks. So that's a great step. I wish more of them did that. I, w- I agree. I wish Ram and, you know, Toyota, everybody, and, and, and Ford right. would actually offer this. Um, so more transparency, I think, is how we fix this issue. Yep. That's, that's it's, it, it, but it's a real issue, and it's something to keep in mind when you're buying a truck. Remember your payload before you just think about towing. Uh, speaking of that type of stuff, yep. on the good list, number one um, is more off-road capability. Absolutely, and this is part of the reason, if you're watching this, why I have our off-road capability uh, pyramid behind right. us. It's because there's this enormous trend that off-roading is cool. So off-roading trucks, it's like a renaissance continuing Mm -hmm. uh, year after year. There are more models, special trim levels, special capabilities, special shocks. There's now the ZR2 Silverado, like we mentioned. Mm -hmm. F-150 Tremor is on sale now. Right. Uh, Raptor, TRX, Rebel, TRD Pro, Pro4X, FX4, Z71. Yeah, and these the ones you're talking about right now are all half-ton trucks. Remember, mid-sized trucks... Personally, I consider them to be even more capable off-road because they're more maneuverable. That's just my own thing. Yeah, totally. But there's a whole bunch of those. You have your Pro 4X and you have the trimmer version of the uh, Ranger and possibly a Raptor in the future. And you have all these other trucks that are out there, Toyota, you know, with the TRD Pro and, of, you know, of course, these things. And finally, the Jeep Gladiator, Rubicon. Yes. Ridiculous. Crazy. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy truck for off-roading. Yeah. So the off-road capability across the board is going up, with one exception. 
What's that? All the new little Bibbit trucks that are coming out. But, dude, the Maverick has an FX4 package. It does, but it's real. Ford was saying, yeah, we're not jumping boulders. It's just to go on light off-roading. No, but but here's the thing, and I think this is part of it, is that um, it's not just true off-road capability. It's also the perceived capability. Yeah, and I agree. Yes, even if you have a kind of a low clearance vehicle like the Maverick, mm-hmm. you put a slightly beefier tire on it, different wheel, a few stickers. Maybe make, even a little lift. Give it a big chin or something. Yeah. And all of a sudden, boom, it's more, you know, kind of masculine, more capable looking. Jeep once mentioned this. is years and years ago. Was, uh, oh God, this is going back like 12 years ago. I was at a Jeep event. And one of the uh, guys who's no longer there uh, came out and said, one of the things about Jeep that makes them so popular is that people go off-road all the time, like 90% of them in their mind. But... <laughs> In reality, about 80 to 70% of them really don't, don't go yeah. off-road. Regardless of their setup and all the stuff that's on them, it's because the person wants to feel like they can go off-road anytime they want, and they want people to see that. You know, hey, look at me. I'm an off-roader. I'm an adventurer or whatever. And that goes, I think, for all the trucks that are out there that are off-road ready and look badass. An awful lot of them that, seriously, are just on the city streets. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, a lot of Raptors are built... You know, and TRXs are built for ultimate high-speed off-road race, almost race driving. Yeah. Right? Uh, We're talking about speeds upwards of 100 miles an hour. Their ratings are at about 118 miles an hour, potentially off-road. Right. Um, So the capability is there, but how many owners will use that (laughs) capability? Not many. Not many. And also depends on the region. I noticed that, for instance, when I go to Southern California... I would imagine that the percentage is lower for people who off-road versus people who are posers. And then when you go up to you know Moab and you're actually hanging out in that town, a lot of people are, pe- are pretty serious about off-roading. I think that's just a generalization. But the point is, is that you have more off-road packages, vehicles across the board for pickup trucks are more capable off-road than ever before. And it's actually spilling over into the crossover segment. It is. It, you're absolutely yeah. right. It is. Like Subaru Wilderness. Uh, there's a Trail Sport Honda. We'll, we'll look at the line. Ford uh, Bronco Sport. Bronco Sport. There's a new Timberline package, right, on mm-hmm. the Ford Explorer. Yep. This is spilling over, not just trucks now. Yeah. It's all over the place. That's right. And I think that will grow because people are willing to spend a little extra money to get the nicer wheels, the lift, and a couple tufty-looking things that make you look like you're a little bit more ready to go off-road. And the best part is when you eventually do and you throw that rooftop tent up there or extra <laughs> cargo or even possibly tow – you look kind of cool, right? And, and you're I, capable. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, you have more it. capability in some cases. So, uh, yeah, I get it. I know why they're doing it. I'm sure you guys do as well. But um, at the same time, sometimes when I see some of these setups and I just go, dude, you have never gone off-road. And I, that's me well, saying it. So here's one thing. If you see a truck that's lifted and it's rolling on 24s <laughs> that's exactly. and low-profile tires, that's probably not an off-road truck. Yeah, yeah, and the chrome, uh, chrome underneath and chrome maybe everywhere lights hanging and lights, out on the LEDs, bottom. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so so, but yeah. this leads into number one on the bad side because those trucks are very expensive to maintain. Actually, all trucks are expensive to maintain. Higher prices altogether and higher repair prices. That is number one on the bad. It's, it's a, it is a trend. It's a bad trend. Uh, and we're not even talking about, you know, COVID pricing. No. We're, we're, we're talking about, in general, all prices have been steadily climbing, right? MSRPs are climbing. And uh, for, here's two examples, real world. 
right? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, unfortunately, we had a delivery uh, about a year ago. Uh, there was a trailer delivering um, some, a vehicle here at our office. Right. And unfortunately, that driver, when he was swinging the trailer, scratched our um, uh, TFL bikes managing editor, Alex's uh, front of his Rum Rebel. Yeah. So he scratched his bumper. It touched part of the grill. I think it popped off one of the letters in the in the RAM mm -hmm. uh, emblem. Seemingly simple, right? Right. So there's a small dent in the steel bumper. Okay, maybe it could be knocked out, right, right and right. repainted. Uh, so it's it, it's a repair. The grill is cracked. Maybe not fixable technically, but mm. maybe replaceable, you right. know, under insurance. It was very expensive. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Alex was telling me something absurd where, you know, the letters were like back ordered. You know, it was hundreds of dollars to replace the grill. It was another hundreds of dollars. It was done under insurance. Yeah, right? of course. But still but the, the money. The money part of it was huge. And this was just a small fender bender. Yep. Like a parking lot scratch that, that's, that, that happened. So, and, you know, I don't know what will happen if you break a headlight. I can you tell know. you that actually, seventeen hundred dollars to replace mini headlights and and the hardware. Um, for a majority of people out there right now, yes, of course you're seeing much higher prices. You know, with the chip shortages and all the bottlenecks that are happening. But if you were to rewind before COVID, before any of this was going on, I would say go back as far back as say 2010. You would start to see a steady in, uh, increase in overall truck prices. One of the reasons why is because a lot of you guys are, first of all, asking for more goodies, and they're finding out, you know, truck companies are going, wait a minute, we make a lot more money if we build a $70,000 truck versus building three or four $30,000 trucks. Seriously, because of the, the amount of labor that goes into building one of those is much less than building three of the other ones. So, you know, that's how you calculate it to a certain degree. The bottom line for me is that automakers across the board are charging more. Truck makers, especially because trucks in the United States are the most popular vehicles, bar none. So, yeah, people are paying a fortune. Yeah, and uh, it has to do with all the other packages. And what we talked about yep. previously, uh, focus on premium trims, focus on technology. And I think um, the way we wrap up here is... Uh, well, we and have this a bonus. Is, and this is both good and bad. Right, exactly. Right? It's uh, actually the safety and the driver assistance technologies. That's correct. Um, it is a trend. It's here. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, every pickup truck, the brand new one, has some level of this. And some of them have full-featured <laughs> driver assistance, adaptive cruise. Oh, yeah. The the level parts. one autonomy, basically. Yeah. Or sometimes level two autonomy. Nearly. Now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's right in the ballpark. And we're talking about things like Super Cruise or, or Ford's new system and all this other stuff. So there is a ton of electronic uh, assistance that's available, in many cases standard, for truck buyers. Uh, the radar cruise control, uh, lane departure warning, uh, higher level airbags too. A whole bunch of great safety stuff that is really awesome for those of you who really care about that stuff. However... Well, yeah, and there's things like excellent avoidance, front and back, mm -hmm. uh, sonar, you know, the parking proximity warnings. But so the, the not so good part mm -hmm. of this, well, first of all, a lot of them are regulated. Right. Some of this technology is regulated for safety. And I'm ha this is a good trend. Yes. Safety is great. It's your now new, new family vehicle, right? The pickup truck. Um, so safety is great. We talk a lot about safety um, in other videos, mm -hmm. crash protection, et cetera, et cetera. Right. The not so good part is a lot of it is annoying. <laughs> that's, you know, that's it's not it. done in a seamless, uh, transparent way. 
a lot of it is beeps constantly at you. You have to disable it. Sometimes you cannot disable certain features, mm -hmm. right? Like um, sometimes, um, I don't know, uh, lane departure warning restarts every time you start the truck, you know, blind spot monitoring, etc. cetera. Uh, but there's even more because in some cases on, on the bad side of safety, Sometimes it doesn't work the way it should. Uh, as a really good example, now, granted this was a Tesla, but this tech has filtered through. Uh, Roman, when he was driving south, whenever he was driving it near a certain bridge, there was a shadow that was cast on the ground, and the safety system inside the car immediately triggers the brakes every time this particular shadow at a particular angle would hit the car. And it's not just that. I was in a Honda Pilot. Uh, sorry, no, I was I was actually in Ridgeline. It was the, that one that we had, okay. the HPD one. And I was making a U-turn. Now, I made the U-turn, and there was a car that had already passed me as I made the U-turn. Well, it registered the car as I was making my full U-turn and triggered the brakes immediately, stopping the vehicle mid-intersection. Before, you know, it immediately released, and I was able to keep going. But my passengers were not very happy. And it's yeah. not just Honda. A lot of other car companies have these systems. They're passive usually, but occasionally they do trigger at the wrong times. And that is a really good example of it. Also, if I may, off-road. A lot of these safety features cannot be fully deactivated in some trucks when you're going off-road, including parking sensors. And you know what it's like to have a parking sensor scream at you when you're going through the bush? I hate it. Well, yeah, because you're like, I know I'm off-road. I know there are grass and other obstacles right. there. Let me do my thing. Let me drive. Yeah, and some vehicles will not allow you. You can open the door and they'll immediately uh, automatically go into park. So yes. when you're off-road, one of the things you might have to do from time to time, especially if you're lining up or trying to get around something or trying to get a boat, whatever, all these things that you do, you might need to open your door. And if you do that while you're driving, just to open up and have a peek just to see if you're clearing something, in some cases, the brakes will trigger because it's going to go into park. That I consider a major issue. Yes. And of course, these systems are being refined, right, mm. constantly and improved, and we appreciate that. Uh, so it's definitely a good trend, more um, safety. Is, you, you know, you're putting your family and your friends and all your valuable stuff in this vehicle. Of course, safety is a really important. Of course it is. Uh, but, but, but some of these annoying features, and for example, like in the Ford, and my Excel does this. Mm -hmm. um, if you open the door while creeping, like the slow driving right. to, to pick out, if your seatbelt is on, it won't go into park. If your seatbelt is off, it slams you into park immediately. Now, so there's intricacies, you know, right. different things. But if you're off-roading uh, uh, you know, and you're trying to get up and over something, sometimes you're going to want to take that seatbelt off so you can creep so open the door yeah. right, and reach over or jump out or whatever. And it's, it's a shame that it doesn't figure that out. And I'm sure eventually they'll figure that out and have some. They're not the only uh, vehicle uh, car company to do that which is both good and bad. I, you know, this is just a minor gripe. Maybe you guys like having this type of tech. I think that tech is getting a little heavy on the negative side, and it's getting to a point now to where I just feel like if any of these systems fail, it's going to kill the truck, and that is my concern, uh, you know, well, longevity. It also could be hard to repair. Well, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And plus, if you have a fender bender, let's say you bent your front grill, mm -hmm. if it has your camera or radar installed, nah. all of a sudden, you may have to replace your radar, which is not cheap. You know, your camera is not cheap. So, yeah, it just percolates into the other bad trends. I agree. And, uh, you know, so what do you guys think? We've gone through our good and bad, and uh, I think that we've been fairly thorough, but... 
I'm curious to your point of view because there may be other good and bads that we didn't think about. Uh, there are plenty of other gimmicks that I personally don't like on modern trucks or modern vehicles in general. I don't like fake piped-in noise and stuff like that. I can't yeah. stand that. Um, so, but, but let us know what you think, guys. Uh, we're really curious to see it. And as always, TFL Truck and TFLoffroad.com is where our websites are. And, of course, our channels. You can see us over there reviewing trucks mm-hmm. and uh, going towing and off-roading. So thank you. We'll see you guys next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.